Hello and welcome to For All Mumkind, the podcast, a podcast by mums for mums. My name is Pamela and each week I sit down and chat with a mum about motherhood, the ups and downs and everything in between. Today's guest is a pre and postnatal specialist. Her services include pre and postnatal yoga, baby massage, mum fit. She's a breastfeeding counsellor, a birth and postpartum doula and the creator of Empowering Parents Workshop. With all that, she's a mum to gorgeous girls, Ayla and Robin, and then she's an all-around honest mum. It's Cathy Milliken of Bump, Baby and Me. <gasps> Absolutely <Hello>. well done. <laughs> Getting all of that out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm delighted to be here having the chats with you. I'm doing really good. Thank you for asking me. You're a busy lady. I'm a busy lady. Yeah, I'm a busy lady. I don't think I'd have it any other way. Um, but... Yeah, a busy mum of two little girlies and I suppose that is first and foremost um, when we're talking about work and talking about how busy women are in today's world. I think it all boils down to that though. You know, you have your, your two little humans, you know, you do it all for them really. Yeah. And how are you finding motherhood so far? It's been transitional. I'd say that would be a word rather than me going straight into the word I would like to describe it as in amazing. It's wonderful. It is all of those things. Um, and for me, it is, uh, the, I suppose I, I'm lucky in one sense because the work that I have found myself in since 2011, 2012, when I created Bump Baby and Me was around that area. It was the pre uh, and postnatal areas. It was mums falling pregnant, having their babies, birthing, entering into motherhood. But I absolutely find that a new dimension has come into my business since I've become a mum myself, like even dealing with women and, you know, offering them the best support I could at that stage until I was a mum myself. I'm trying to even remember, what did I say? Like, what, what was it? What information was I giving out at that point? Um, and when I compare it to now, how I can empathise and how I can really relate to mums, being a mum myself of two girls, it's on a different level. So I find myself... Um, trying not to blur the lines too much when your occupation is real life, as in I deal with a lot of mums and I deal with the ups, the downs, and then you have your real life being a mum and dealing with your ups and downs. Try not to blur those lines, trying to keep it quite separate is hard. Um, any big ups and downs, and generally the downs, I try and always think, oh my God, you know, I'll be able to understand how a mum feels like this now. And I nearly try and incorporate too much of my personal life, I think, into my profession. And maybe that's something that I should do or shouldn't do. But I think it makes me the person I am in my role as well. Definitely. Um, I think. So I don't know whether it's a good thing, bad thing, or it's just, it just is. Yeah, I think though, you know, to understand or to help mums, you can't, being a mum yourself, it adds to it because you can only have a certain element of understanding of, of what's, what a mum feels. Mm. So having that level of empathy and understanding can yeah. only add to what you do. Yeah, I think so. And I do think I'm quite fortunate to be in an area like you, you live and breathe it. Um, I'm dealing with mums day in, day out, in person, online, over the phone, by text, WhatsApps, you name it. That's my contact um, with different mums, um, I suppose, experiencing different things all the time with their little babies or all different experiences in their pregnancy. And um, I just feel really privileged to be in this realm and working in this area. It's an area that I hope I can support and I hope I can help mums and I can help nurture them and just make their experience a little bit better. Um, and then linking back to how I feel in motherhood, um, 
yeah, it's 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 a, it's a tricky one. Again, back to the blurred lines. It's all about like, what, what would I do for another mum? Um, versus just kind of pausing and stilling and quietening down the professional head on me and just being Cathy and just being a mum to the two girls. Um, because I return to work, when it's your own business, you know, you're, you're, you really rarely take the eye off the ball. And I did do for, for maybe two or three months after the girls were born, but then you slowly start to get back into it. So um, not that I regret doing that either. Um, it was needs must and all of that. And you don't want to let opportunities pass you by but um yeah when you look back at those early days they definitely have a bit of a blur over them still and not in a bad way as in oh I don't want to remember it I think that that might be the same for most women about the fog about the you know surviving day to day every day a new challenge comes and 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 you and that's why I think women are just so phenomenal new challenges come your way probably every day or every week with these tiny babies and we navigate and we find ways to get around them and to get over them and that might be with loads of support it might not be that you need any support and you'll do it anyway but I just yeah the respect I have for women um since having my own kiddies and the respect I have for my mum and my gran before her, you know, it just, it it compounds everything and it just, I don't know, it amplifies everything in women. I just, yeah, we could just talk about women here in general and how I just honour them. And yeah, the, the support I got in turn makes me, be very happy to be paying a little bit more of that forward to to the women that I deal with as well. And so at the moment you are surrounded like your your whole work life is supporting mums yeah how would you describe you know in a, a very broad terms mums hmm. at the moment like what's the feeling out there uh, I think lots of them would probably echo my word of transition I think of, of how they feel and how they find themselves I would see mums if I haven't maybe uh, dealt with them in the prenatal period, if they're coming down to my classes or I'm engaging in services with them, that might be a mum that has a three or four week old baby. Um, if I've done postpartum doula work with them, it might be the day or two she comes home from hospital. So you're seeing them at very different timelines. Um, to women that are coming into my classes with a six month old baby or an eight month old baby. And you can absolutely, of course, see all the differences in these women and where they are at on their journey and where they've got their head. You know, they, they've come around or they've the fog has lifted a little bit um but I suppose yeah transitional as in if I I, I would I don't know any mum that I have said to them is this what you expected is this what you felt it was going to be like I don't think any mum in all my time of working with women has said oh absolutely yeah yeah this is this is beautiful like this is exactly what I thought it was going to be <laughs> beautiful might be a word that they'll use but it will be followed by so many other descriptive words because you don't know it because you're only guessing and, you know, you might have really high expectations about what it's going to look like and what it's going to feel like and how you're going to mother and the choices that you're going to make as a mum. And then this beautiful little baby comes along and rocks your world and everything that you thought you might want to do or you might need to do for that baby might be so different. Yeah. Because you just don't know this little baba until it comes along. You know, your choices that you feel are right may not be right anymore. And I think having the forewarning of that is a really good tool which I often say to my prenatal ladies I'm like don't set yourself up for unnecessary falls don't yeah. don't put the barrier up so high for yourself you know lower it before these babies come along and allow yourself to adapt to change to be somebody else that you might not have thought you were going to be yeah. and that's okay 
as well. We're going to morph and you're going to change and you're not going to be the same woman that you are, but you will have added to the woman that you are, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And there's no preparation for it. I don't think if anyone sat me down and said, you, your outlook, your, you know, every party will change, like yeah. your compass, your life compass will be turned on its head mm-hmm. and you will view things and you will think things that you've never considered before. And there's no, no one can prepare you for that. As strong, independent women as we are, you know, that can be very hard for some yeah. women. Um, you know, people have had very set routines in their life, people who work well with structure. When babies come in and they rattle it, uh, it can take some time to adjust. It really, really can. And that's what I'm talking about, that laid back mum, that mum that's okay to go with the ebbs and flows, the mum that doesn't get too um, distressed when things don't go the way. But it's re- it is really hard to be that mum from the get-go because you can't morph into somebody overnight. Yeah. You've got to learn how to do it. These babies are learning how to live on the outside world and in, in the beautiful fourth trimester that happens after birth. And we as women need to learn how to be mothers. We aren't given any indication before these little babies are have come along. Sure, your sister, your friends might have had babies and you're looking from the outside in and you think you have a good idea. Yeah. And until you are there 24-7 through the sleep deprivation, through the feelings of guilt, through the feelings of elation, and then the next minute you're back at rock bottom. And I don't think any experience in life has prepared you for that. You might no. have gone through big tragedies. You might have gone through huge highs I just don't quite think that anything hits close to home as does motherhood when you are just thrown into that arena and the spotlight is on you and you should be, should be the one to know how to do it all and solve all the issues that your baby throws up at you. And your two births, the girls, they were very different. Um, yeah, so just to briefly touch on them, Ayla was um, the first birth and she was a planned cesarean because she was a breach all the way along. And my pregnancy and I did everything and anything to try and turn her um, because I just would wanted to, I suppose, experience a, um, a vaginal birth. And when you're told that you can't potentially have it, it gives you the bit of gumption to be like, well, I'm going to try yeah. everything and anything. Um, but at no point was I fighting it. Was At no point was I bursting in into tears thinking, I don't believe this is happening to me. And I think I'm so grateful for, I suppose, maybe type of person that my parents raised me to be and the trainings that I've had so far in that, like you said, babies have their own agenda at certain times. Your body works in mysterious ways. The placement of her inside me was a particular way. And all I could do to the point was to do my very level best to try and achieve what I wanted, which was that type of birth. And if I had to go and have a cesarean at the end of the day, that was absolutely fine. I wholeheartedly accepted that as well. So I was going to try my very best to do the bits that I did. I was doing headstands in our pool. I was doing um, acupuncture. I was getting moxibustion, you name it. I was trying it. And as, for me, at the end of the day, when I knew I had tried everything, if it still didn't work, that was perfect. That was enough for me. Yeah. Um, and it didn't. She didn't budge. Not one. But I had fun trying, put it that way. <laughs> you know, my lo- the lifeguard in our local pool did not have fun. He was like, here's this crazy woman coming again sticking her bum up out of the water doing headstands you know my big bump um, but I thoroughly enjoyed those pool sessions <laughs> but no she didn't she was absolutely snug as a bug um, and actually even during our lovely cesarean we had a music playing 
everything was very calm. The clinicalness feel was taken out of it a little bit. Um, my Steve, my husband, was right beside me. We were chatting. And uh, as Ayla was being taken, uh, lifted up very gently and the kind of drapes were slightly lowered and they were showing me her. Um, she started to give her a little cry. And my consultant at the time was just saying, Cathy, do you know what? I can absolutely confirm there was no turning this little baby because she was so snug. Her bum was right down in my pelvis. Like it was going to be a very hard uh, turn to try and get her to turn. So, um, yeah, so all of that was lovely. Actually, she didn't have to say that to me. And it just was nearly the 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 final you know the 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 t's crossed and the i dotted as in you did everything yeah and nothing else would have probably worked here so we had a really lovely start she was placed straight on my chest again all my preferences were 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 taken into consideration i'm a strong advocate of um birth preferences yeah not like i'm telling women to go in and make this structured plan that has to go to plan it's not about that it's about putting your mind in gear it's one of the biggest days of your life and i think for people who plan weddings who plan big holidays who plan buying a house how much preparation goes into that it's a hell of a lot yeah whereas sometimes if women just say oh look they, they know what they're doing in the hospital i'm just going to go and turn up you partake in your birth you're going to remember that and it's not about again as i said that it has to go to that plan that you have down on paper. It's about that midwife, that doctor, the team, knowing you, knowing yeah. what's the essence, what you want to get out of this. So yeah, as I said, our, our, our birth with, a with Ayla was hugely positive. We, we were lucky to have breastfeeding starting very quickly after that. Had her in the recovery with me and then moved down onto postnatal ward and got some really good care and just had really nice people around me to support me and... I just was in the moment with her. I was struck by the awesomeness of babies, of the, the the raw element, I suppose, of nature about the way that she just knew what she needed to do after birth. Um, and I know not every woman has that. And I've, again, I've worked with many. Um, but from my personal experience, I was very lucky to have that. And was was pretty smooth I have to say it was pretty smooth and given that with a cesarean things can can the recovery obviously and yeah. then breastfeeding everything can take a little bit of a toll and I expected it to and it didn't so I was pleasantly surprised so I was well ready for it I had all my ducks in a row again I had things to help with the recovery lots of practical stuff put in place um, and I had a good recovery we we took it very very easy uh, we had minimal visitors things like that just very close family um meal train I had people coming and bringing me meals I like I felt like royalty I was like who's at the door today and what are they bringing but it gave people the opportunity to do something really useful for us they felt like they were really helping it was something that we really wanted so Steve didn't have to be in and out of the kitchen attempting to cook amazing meals for for me and to nourish me afterwards and mums need to be nourished so anytime I go to see a new mum I am bringing food with me so like explain to people what meal train is <laughs> it's amazing yeah, I was like this is a great idea absolutely yeah my sister I think introduced me to it uh, she was living in Australia at the time and um, it's a it's an American concept I think it's mealtrain.com and it's a site where people can log on you build a small little profile yourself so we had to put in we knew Ayla's birthday because we had the elective section so that was one thing but it can be for anyone if anyone is indisposed for any amount of time be it maybe they're going for an operation or they're in a little bit of respite or whatever the case may be or they've suffered a grief like a bereavement or anything like that 
people can rally around. They can log on to the site. And for 10 days, like I could see, you know, my brother had logged in and on Wednesday, he was uh, making homemade pizza and bringing it up to us. And then the next day, my sister was doing something. Then Steve's family were rolling in. You could actually see who was bringing you what food um, for X amount of days. So for us, we had it, I think, for eight to 10 days after Ayla was born. And it's a really easy tool. People just go in, you've created your little profile, you send them the link and they're like, absolutely, they click on and then they sit, they pick the day that's going to suit them to do something for you and you can see it. I just think it's brilliant. And any new mom would be like, oh my God, food coming to the yeah. house. You know, it's so important. And people have thought about it. They've cooked something for you. It's it's going back to really nurturing the mom in that area, yeah. postpartum uh, area, I think. Then with Robin, she, she had a bit of excitement. A bit of an excitement for her birth, yeah. She is a whirlwind. She came into this world like a whirlwind, like a freaking tornado, and she has not stopped since. Um, so yeah, Ayla was like, you know, a nice, you know, organized birth. The night she came and all of that for obviously for our section. It's all very calm. And then Robin, uh, after a day in the zoo at just over 39 weeks, um, I was aiming for a VBAC. So obviously after Ayla's cesarean, it was a vaginal birth after cesarean. And um, I'd worked quite closely with my hospital and my care team to try and achieve that. And they knew exactly what I wanted. Um, I've done a lot of, I did a lot of research into it. I prepared very mentally for it as well. And the challenges that might come our way. Um, because there is a few hoops to jump when you have had a cesarean. And then you try and follow that with a, with a vaginal birth. There's a few concerns um, that the hospital would have with you, with you doing that. But they were very supportive for the most part. Um, and for lots of maybe women that are listening to this, if this is something that you want to do, I would strongly suggest that you find caregivers that will be supportive in that from the get go. Yeah. Because if you find yourself in a team that are not very well versed in it or that just provide, uh, prefer, say, a, whim, a woman to follow a cesarean with another cesarean, you are going to have a little bit more of an uphill struggle. Um, and I don't think anyone really wants that in their pregnancy. No. They want to be supported. Yeah. They don't want to go in with their shoulders already tight going into hospital visits. Um, so with the amount of staff and the amount of, you know, um, teams that we have around in our in our country's hospitals, I, I would be confident that you would find a team that will yeah. provide and support for you. You might need to travel a little bit more, but depending on where you are in the country, but I would I would strongly, um, and, a, and a supportive GP as well. They would be my two. Um, but yeah, so Robin's um, birth was very speedy. And again, my expectations. I had thought, oh, listen, Steve, you don't be getting excited about anything. This could go on for a long time because I hadn't labored at all on Ayla. I had a couple of nice warm Braxton Hicks, like nice strong sensations before, a day or two before Ayla's cesarean. So, um, yeah, I, did, I, I thought this was going to be a long, long labor given it was my first labor, like a lot of women do pre to presume, I think, on their first uh, labor. So, um, yeah, we had a lovely day in the zoo, walked the legs off myself and three of us came home. We had a beautiful day and I will strongly remember the, the night of cuddling Ayla. So contractions had kind of started. They were, again, I was like, oh, these are just little surges. These are just warm ups. This is nothing to be getting excited about. Steve was doing a load of work on the laptop. Nobody was batting an eyelid in our house and putting Ayla down. She was just an angel all day. We had had such a special day with her, like really beautiful Um Really, we went to the beach afterwards. We had ice cream after the zoo. It was just one of those classic, gorgeous days as a family of three musketeers. And then when I was putting her to bed, I was having, we had a lovely rocking chair in her room at the time, a different house where we are now. And I was rocking her and I was smelling her hair. And she was just lying there, closing the eyes really quietly and going off asleep. And she went to sleep without a blip that night. 
Um, and obviously my big bump beside her underneath there. And I just knew just something was changing in me and maybe the contractions were getting a little bit ramped up. And I just kind of thought, oh my God, this is going to probably be my last night just with her, just as her mommy, not sharing her with yeah. me, me with anyone. And it was really emotional and it, yeah, like emotional surges as well as those physical surges that were happening in my body. I was just like electric, like my body just felt really different. And obviously it was getting ready for for Robin's birth that night and I, and I still wasn't aware of it. So that was probably around seven-ish maybe, half seven. Put her down and then just potted around upstairs. I was like, I'll go shave my legs. I'll go paint my toes. And things were kind of happening, but I was just very much in my own space. Yeah. Steve was just like, okay up there I was like mm-hmm. and just very quiet I just went inward a little bit and when I kind of waddled downstairs and after a while and I was like I think these are picking up and then he was like well we put on the contraction timer thing and had my birth ball in the sitting room and we were watching a movie and he made me a bagel like just like I just like I don't really feel like eating like all the textbook things <laughs> and then yeah. all of a sudden I was like when was that last contraction? And he was like, mm, that was only kind of like eight minutes, seven minutes ago. And I was like, mm. kind of kept waddling around. I was like, maybe I'll try a bath. And the only way to describe, we didn't have the, the biggest bath at the time. I was like a hippo in a puddle. We had like half filled the bath. And then of course our hot water, we hadn't had the merchant on our hot water had kind of run out. So I was like, oh, look, I'll give it a try anyway. So here I was kind of sloshing around <laughs> in a couple of like centimetres of water. I was like, this just really isn't working for me right now. So I was getting a bit like, Ugh. so got out of the bath. And of course I thought like, again, oh, lovely bath, you know, when things start and a bath is a good indicator to whether this is the real thing or whether it's not. It will ramp things up if it is or it'll stop things if it's not generally. So I don't even know what was happening there. So all I wanted to do was get back out of it. But sure enough, in the hour following it, things really started to change. Um, they they started to come a little more um, heavy. I remember my friend texting me saying, we still on for lunch tomorrow? I was like, yeah, probably. I'll give you a text in the morning, knowing full well. I was like, I think I'm going to have a child by actually that time tomorrow. Another baby. But uh, I just went with it because again, I'm very, the type of person I am, I'm like, until it's actually done. I'm yeah. like, no, no. And I'm not one to be like, oh my God, this is happening. I'm very reserved. I'm nearly the backwards way until it's happened um, with everything. Um, so yeah, we called her doula. We informed her as to what was happening and she was very local. She was nearly not even 10 minutes drive away. She was like, keep blinking in with me. Let me know. Steve's still sitting on the bed doing programming for the gym. He's like, you, do you what What are you thinking? Like, do you think? And I'm like, I, I don't, I I if this is it and we're going to be doing this for a few days, this is going to be really intense. Yeah. I kind of still had the few days in my head and then maybe going towards probably about half 10, quarter to 11, it, it things started to pick up even more. I started to get much stronger sensations around my tummy, my back, and then my waters just went between our bedroom and our ensuite. I was walking back in to get down onto my hands and knees because this was the position that I knew was good. It was the position I was comfortable in. And there they went. And Steve was just like, laptop just got thrown <laughs> to the side of the bed. The phone was in the hand. I'm going to ring her now. And uh, I was like, yeah. And within 30 seconds, contractions were, you know, really strong. So obviously that nice bubble and cushion had gone and yeah. all that pressure was coming down now. So things went really fast from about 11 p.m. until she got there, 20 past 11 and then the minute she came, it was like that reassurance again. Okay, now she's here. 
I was taking my breath. I was doing everything that I should have been doing at the time. But I just said to her, I think, I don't think I can make a car journey into to the hospital. And she was like, you know, maybe we'll try and get down the stairs. She was very, I knew what she was doing, which is nearly worse. As in like, I was like, I yes. know what you're doing here. She's trying to get me down the stairs. She was trying to get me out, but I actually could not get off my hands and knees with the position that this baby had moved down into. So I just said, we need to get an ambulance. And she just looked at me and she said, no problem. We're going to get the ambulance. So Steve was out uh, calling the ambulance. She was in with me. And I'll never forget the ambulance men coming in. And obviously they they didn't know that Ayla was asleep in another bedroom, but, you know, walking up the stairs, where is she? And I was couldn't even speak. I was so in my own, like just my visualizations, my affirmations in my head, just trying to get through and breathe through each one. And my doula quietly in my ear just saying, you've got this and let that one go now, let that one go. And I was like, I'm letting it go in my head, but I could still feel my shoulders were tight. My body was still tight. So her perfect reminder of let it go melted me every time. And that's what I needed and nearly didn't need us in because it just let everything happen even faster. So she started answering the questions on my behalf. And then when the ambulance men copped that I couldn't really answer, they were like, we, we need, need to, to get this going. Yeah. So uh, help down the stairs. I'd say I got two or three contractions between the top and the bottom. It was happening really fast. Out into the beautiful rain. I remember coming out of my house into the And then like, of course, you've got a couple of random neighbours actually like nearly okay. 12 midnight just in their dressing gowns, you know, with the blue lights, obviously outside my house. Lots of them had known that I was pregnant. So I'm sure they were like, oh God, can we do anything? Do we go into Ayla? But Steve's mum had come around, so we were okay. So the hospital trip into, <clears throat> in, in the ambulance, I just said to him, don't make me lie on my back. I said, I am staying on my hands and knees. And he was like, you just stay however you need to stay, love. So I was like literally hands holding my hips, my back uh, to not let me fall off the stretcher as we were booting around roundabouts and stuff like that. And I had gas and air, which was amazing Yeah, for me. I was concentrating on it. I was taking beautiful, big, deep breaths. That's exactly what I needed at that point in time. Yes, she probably would have been born without it, but it was a perfect tool to keep me calm, yeah. to allow her nearly to stay in there. Um, but her head was coming out just as we, I remember the beep, 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 reversing sound of the ambulance as we got to the door of the hospital. He was reversing into the bay and her head was just there. I just touched it and I just said to my doula, I'm touching her head. And I didn't even think, I just grabbed her hand. I was like, can you feel it? I was afterwards, I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I did that to you. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, don't be ever. That was amazing. Like, so essentially Robin probably could have been born in that, in that, in that ambulance, but I held on, I suppose it's the only way of describing it until we got upstairs and got into a side room, didn't even get into a proper room and she was born one minute later. So I suppose I, I did hold because Steve wasn't there. Subconsciously, my head was probably saying yeah. he's not here yet. Um, and it is that fight or flight. You're, you're holding on until you know you can let go and let her out or him out. I didn't know, was it a boy or girl at that time? So he literally got into the room and saw her in all her glory coming out. He just literally, oh, they, they stopped him from coming in because they didn't know was it staff or what it was. Yeah. And he just said, I'm the dad. And the door just flew open and he just saw Robin, big thick head of black hair and just coming out. And he just got in in time for it. So I was just literally lying back after, you know, somebody said, do you want to come uh, back now to lying down? Because I was still on my hands <laughs> and knees. And I literally was just there. And the ambulance man had, had Robin. And I was just like, and they were like, do you want, do you want to uh, sit back, Kathy, and I was like, "Yes, yes, I will." So I just <laughs> turned around and sat back on it, and my doula just summed it up perfectly. She just looked at me and she said, "Has your mind caught up with what your body has just yeah. done?" And I was like, "No, I think I, I, it, I, I'll get there in a few minutes." It was just that pure intensity. The noises that were coming out of me as well was just out of my control. 
my yeah. body was just doing it and my head had to catch up with what had actually happened but it was amazing because it just retrospectively looking back it was like my god our bodies are just phenomenal and I know not every body's body will go through that experience and they'll, they'll need certain little bits of help because of other aspects but generally a, a birthing body is just phenomenal it really is it's just the, the reverence that it deserves the respect that it deserves and then looking forward into the postpartum period what it has done incredibly the dessert the, the respect that it deserves also because of that you know yeah and you fed both your girls yeah yeah so it's you know your body continued to yeah. nurture and yeah and grow with them. yeah I was lucky again I'd had a nice little bit of training in that area beforehand but I'd also done a lot of work myself as into what's the kind of you know troubleshoot what can kind of what, what are we looking at here what's the general things that mums experience in those first uh, two to three weeks. So I was like, two to three weeks. I just need to know. I don't need to know what might happen at six weeks. I just want to look at the, the here and the now. And then I'll, I'll sort through the rest as we go. I had a brief understanding of the first couple of weeks. But um, again, my doula, she was a breastfeeding counsellor as well at the time. So she was a great support and, you know, what to look out for, what to be aware of, um, what is normal. And it's so broad, so broad between a mum having a perfectly you know, no trouble breastfeeding journey to a mum that has a multitude of things going on, but it's still within that realm of normal and not to compare your normal to my normal. Yeah. As long as it's not causing and throwing up huge, huge issues, that might be your normal breastfeeding journey. Um, so yeah, again, Rob, but they both had tongue tie actually, just speaking of the, the things that might crop up. Um, one, I would I didn't get it revised. We got it looked at, didn't actually need to in the end. Um, and Robin's, we did get revised at probably about five weeks, uh, five or six weeks. But I had a lactation consultant come out on both my girls because although I felt confident in what I was doing, I wanted an expert to be there with me to maybe show me things that I didn't know. Or again, I was always preparing. I was yeah. like, I want somebody else there with an experience set of eyes and they were literally just nodding and saying like you've got this and if only for that if I paid the money for that I don't care because it instilled another bit of confidence in me that I had got it and yeah. that I was okay and trusting what I was doing and my baby was getting um, the best from me that they could and she could at that moment in time but it's intense so it's like when you are feeding your baby regardless of what mode you choose if it's breastfeeding bottle feeding whatever it is if you're exclusively pumping there's so many realms of feeding your child com combination feeding it is all intense yeah it is all demanding and not one job is harder than the other we've all got different stuff going on and just to respect that as well I think between us as women and mums we need to have that understanding that it doesn't matter you know as long as a mum is informed I feel and then she makes her choices on what way she wants to feed her baby and it might be just because that's still a choice, you know. Yeah. I'd prefer if there is a little bit more information given to that mom and she has all the pros and cons of it all and then she'll make her decision. And even if she makes her decision and it doesn't work out and we have to revert back to something else, that's okay as well because yeah. it's informed. I don't know where I forgot to do it. Mm. Coming up into having Alice was, I always said to myself that I would have, I had a lovely lactation consultant, mm. Anna Odinahu yeah. from Kerry and I had gone to her... She does the antenatal breastfeeding yes. classes. And I had gone to that and she was so fabulous. And in my head, I said, do you know what? I'm going to have her there when I come home. Yeah. But things had gone so well in the hospital that I kind of was like, I'm okay, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I won't need Anna there. Yeah. Inevitably, I had to call Anna in after a couple of, I think it was about a week maybe. Yeah. And she diagnosed tongue tie with Alice. Um, and then we had to get all that sorted mm -hmm. out. But I think it would be lovely if you know a mum who's really adamant or 
and really wants to try breastfeeding, yeah. it's it could be a lovely gift yeah. to actually either a breastfeeding antenatal class yes. or have a lactation consultant there yeah. when they come home Absolutely. or a few days later. Absolutely. Because things arise yeah. when you're at home and things are kind of, you know, you're you're kind of going, actually, this isn't very comfortable or this is hurting. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that we don't think. It doesn't have to be baby grows or nappies. Absolutely. It, it's, some, you know. Yeah, you're, you're thinking outside the box there with gifts like that. Yeah. Um, there's something that you shared and I'm just going to, it's, it's a lovely piece. I'm going to share the last four lines of it and I'm also going to link to it mm. in the blog post so that people can read the full thing. Yeah. Um, and it says somewhere along our journey, will we begin to discover our true selves again? Perhaps for some, this discovery will be made for the very first time. Yes, we are mums and we should be so proud of that, but we're also ourselves individuals and motherhood has to hold space for that too. Oh, I'm getting kind of teary thinking about that when I wrote that. Because it's finding a balance. We're both going to get upset. I wasn't even upset when I actually wrote the piece, but hearing the words back, it's, yeah, it, it resonates. And we have to find time. <laughs> like, get the Kleenex. Somebody <laughs> help here. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Well, you do, because I think... A lot of women struggle with that. Um, you immerse so much yourself being this mum and wanting everything to go well for your babies and to show up for them. Um, but ultimately, you got to keep showing up for yourself and do stuff for yourself. Back to the self-care. Um, and we are talking about self-care so much now in the media, online, on social. It's really important you can have all the support in the world, but ultimately, if you don't feel supported, if you don't put yourself to the top of those priority lists, um, be grateful to yourself, love yourself for what you're doing. You got to stop and smell the roses and pay it back to yourself. We're killed telling everyone else what great yeah. job they're doing. You have to stop and look at yourself and be like, Mama, you're you're amazing. You're amazing. You've got this far and you have such a long, you know, way to go um, and stop the inner critic and just let the let the self-love bubble, bubble to the top. And use that word self-care is yeah. in don't talk about it, actually do it. Yeah, And absolutely. taking that time out and, and it's, you know, we did it before we had babies and we got to keep doing it. Absolutely, when you need it most. When you need it most yeah. and yet we feel like we can't. And again, it's a phrase that is out there and it's like you can't pour from an empty uh, jar. But, you know, we actually have to, when we say it, we have to mean it. Absolutely. And we have to refill ourselves. So whether that is, you know, I've said it before, if it's you know going out to go for you know a cup of coffee, Mm -hmm. go shopping, go away for the weekend on your own with your girlies, Mm. no matter what it is. Yeah actually do it do it because it's it's different for everybody and it's not a term to be thrown around lightly as in you know it's not about just going for the hair appointments or the more cosmetic-y type of stuff it's more going for stuff that makes your soul feel good that puts you back in touch with yourself like I did I sung a lot um I was in shows and all that sort of thing when I sing with the girls I feel my soul rise I feel so lovely after it like you know maybe like today Friday Friday evening now the laptop will be open the tunes will be blaring in the kitchen when we're doing dinner and I'll be having a good sing with the girls and to see their little voices and them singing and that's the type of thing not that that's say self-care it's involving everybody but 
it's the type of thing that I love. And I know further down the line again, when I have, it, that's the type of thing I want to indulge in. So for me going away by myself now, it might be like listening to the, the amazing music that I like to listen to in the car journey. Like it could be the simplest and smallest of things. But if you just do them, if you find a little bit of fire in your belly for something and that you can find a half an hour to indulge in that during the week, do it. Don't think about that pile of laundry because that pile of laundry isn't going to help you when you are down in the depths of it four or five or six weeks later when you haven't listened to yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and, and get it started in the early stages. Don't wait until the waiting, the waiting. I'm going to do that when my baby's a little bit older. I'm going to do that. I'm going to really look after myself now, but I just need, you know, I, I don't have time yeah. for it right now. Make the time. It could be 10 minutes of breathing in your room. You could be putting on a gorgeous track. You might be listening to Headspace, Calm, whatever app it is that works for you. That's your time. You're not needed by anybody. Nobody's shouting your name. You've got 10 minutes just to be in your body, be in your head, really check in with yourself and see how you're feeling. That's self-care, you know, just stopping the noise and listening to yourself and what do you need on any given day and giving your body time to answer back. Like I'm tired today or I feel really good. Let's get the girls to the park, whatever it is. Don't keep going against it. Yeah. Go with it. Yeah. But you can only do that when you touch in. Yeah. You know, and I actually I read something and it said only women would feel tired. And the answer to that is I should go for a walk. Yeah. And it's like, no, yeah. actually, why don't you sit down? Yeah, absolutely. We have this awful habit <clears throat> of resistance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like inherent in us. It's like, don't succumb to it. Yeah. So it's actually going, do you know what? Let it happen. Yeah. Let the tiredness, it's what we need. Yeah. Your body is talking to you. And often the mind, I think I, I say it a lot as well, let the mind stand down and let the body speak. And you just got to listen to it because... We could constantly be in, in, in turmoil with ourselves if the, the mind keeps talking and, you know, it's got, it's like the angel, the devil on the two different shoulders. And, you know, you just have to let the mind relax, stop talking to yourself and just listen to what your body is trying to tell you, what the mind is trying to tell you. If you're tired, embrace it, look after it and you'll be back on your steam train, your steamroller moving again, you know, soon. Yeah. So I have to ask you three questions. Oh, yeah. What would you tell your pregnant self? Uh, to, to relax, to enjoy it as much as I can, um, to look into the stuff that's important to you, um, prepare as best you can, just get your information, whether that be for your birth, your, your plan afterwards. You'll feel good, I think. You'll feel more prepared putting a little bit of planning in place. Um, like I said, it doesn't have to go to plan, but you're putting in the foundation work for your pregnancy to love what your pregnant body is doing for you. Um, it's amazing. As I said, what women's body, I'm around pregnant women all the time and it absolutely fascinates me the fact that they are growing. We are growing these tiny little humans inside us. It's just amazing. Um, so just to have self-love, respect and to to rest your body. Yeah, when it's needed. And... What one product could you not live without? The product that's on, the, on table. the table. Um, as you get from this podcast, I talk a lot. So uh, and I do a lot of talking day in, day out with my classes and things like that and clients. So yeah, the 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 lip balm that I love, it's an image product, um, or medic is the name of it. And it's the only lip gloss or lip balm that just works. Yeah, that just really nourishes my lips and 
Just that's all. You, I could leave every other makeup product. I just want a good lip balm. I'm very simple. <laughs> and what has been your magic moment? So many, so many ups, so many downs. Um, my magic moment has been personally, I suppose, my girls and having a wonderful husband, just being very fortunate in our family to have support and to have two amazing little ladies. Um, very different births, very different experiences from them. And then professionally to really, I feel, come into my own with Bump Baby and me to be able to take it to the next level and to see the scope potentially as to where it can go. Um, and that is all based around the woman and support, pre-baby, post-baby, into the, her motherhood journey. Um, I don't think you can ever have enough support and I feel like I'm providing it and I feel like I continue to provide it more. Um, and from the clients that I've worked with, I think I'm doing a good job. Um, so I just, yeah, knowing that you're you're making a little bit of a difference with with women in that in that area is is magic for me. And coming up, you have empowering parents workshops. Yeah, yeah. So my my next little venture, um, it's just something that I felt was slightly lacking. Uh, again, what's the theme of today is just support. I just feel that we are going to make better choices. We are going to feel more equipped when we have good support. And um, there are certain aspects as you grow with your baby and that baby goes into toddler years and preschool years that you need more support in because we don't have a manual for any of this. And um, yeah, I've got some really great um, people coming down um, to Dublin to do these workshops for me. So there's areas that people have said, you know what, I'd love to learn a little bit more of. And I'm going off and I'm looking at that and looking who I can link in with to provide those workshops. But there's amazing women that I already know of that I have confirmed dates with. So it's really about parents being able to come to a space. As I said, there's loads of information online that we can get. And that's wonderful, especially at 3am and when we need something like, you know, to the tip of the fingers or not, depends what it is. Um, but I love that I'm creating a space where People know what they're getting. They're coming to see a person. They're going to get loads of information and they can do with that then what they wish. It all might be for them or 50% of it may not be relevant for them, but they will have got something from it. And again, it's always listening to my clients. It's always listening to what they feel they need more support in, be it sleep, um, sleep habits, might be onto the baby um, weaning stage. It might be development with their language as they start to get a little bit older um, it might be down to the, you know, serious topics of uh, first aid about what to do, you know, God forbid anything might happen um, with your baby and as they get older. Um, and then back into motherhood about women, um, I'm going to plan a special workshop <clears throat> with an amazing lady I've worked with. We're going to be looking at a workshop solely for women about empowering them as mothers to feel feel out where they are at this moment in time. So like that, you just feel you're kind of floating in and existing sometimes and you're not really quite sure of who you are uh, when you become a mum. So this workshop is going to be for women to touch back in with themselves. And it's not about your old self because she's there. But as I said, she's been added to. So it's about just looking a little bit within, checking your identity um, and knowing 
with strength how to move forward in the best possible light so that's going to be solely for women and um, for mums and the other stuff is going to be focused on uh, on on the children so yeah resilience in children and um, as they get into school ages is another one I'm looking at um cyber safety with your young children there's lots of different elements and I just want to bring it all to parents I don't want them to have to go through struggles of looking for this information I want to be able to get these people and professionals down to give them the information and make things easier that's basically it. Make it easy for them to access the information. And I'm going to link to your site where all the information is on. So mm. if you're looking, if you're listening on uh, iTunes or Spotify, in the episode blurb, all that information will be there and it'll be on my own website too, linking back to Bump Baby and Me. Um, so, Kathy, thank you so much for coming thank in. Thank you for, for sharing having me. your story with me. Thank you for the tissues. I came, <laughs> I came very much unequipped, so thank you. <laughs> no problem. So thank you for downloading this episode of For All Mumkind. If you've enjoyed it, please rate, review and subscribe. If you'd like to send me a message, please email forallmumkind at gmail.com or find me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.